Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome in episode number 210 of the Get Around Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Brendan Queeley, here in the podcast studio at the Traverse City Record Eagle, uh, joining me via FaceTime on the phone, the one and the only Jimmy James Cook. Thankfully, the only. And, uh, of course, we are brought to you by Jimmy John's, uh, two locations in Traverse City, Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's. Oh, sorry, Freaky Ass. <laughs> sorry, I was looking at the rundown. <laughs> I was like, you know what, I'm just going to wait them out. I'm going to wait them out. I'm going to let that awkward silence go and, and see and see if he was paying at least a little bit of attention to me. Uh, yeah, welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, thanks for jumping on and listening. Uh, we got a good one today. We just finished uh, uh, our interview with Gaylord St. Mary's, Ava Schultz, and Macy Bebel. Uh, they were great once we were able to actually uh, get them out of the bomb shelter that apparently is Gaylord St. Mary. I don't know if those walls are just covered in lead and asbestos and does not allow for a cell phone signal to get in, but like it was crazy. Ava kept her phone on as she was walking from. I think I think they were at the li- inside the library. It looked like or the media center. And yeah. as soon as they stepped out of the doors, the picture cleared up, and I'm like, I'm like they should test the walls at Gaylord St. Mary. Find out mm-hmm. what it is that's blocking that cell phone signal. We're into that a lot in schools, but it's it's interesting though. And when you're listening to the interview later, folks. Uh, Macy's first response, she's a little out of breath because they had just ran out to. That's right. Yeah, to yeah. Go do the, to the interview in the car so they could stay a little bit warm. They did. They did at least a, a, a nice jog. Not probably they're not, they weren't running as fast as they do uh, in, in their basketball games when they're. Not, not, yeah, they weren't full court pressing. No, didn't seem like they were in that much of a hurry. But we really appreciated them uh, taking the time to sit down and talk to us. It's a great interview. And if you don't want to listen to the two of us uh, blather on, uh, go ahead and skip forward to the to the interview with uh, Ava and Macy. They were they were both great. They'll be playing. Well, whenever you're listening to this, they will be either getting ready to play, playing, played in the uh, state quarterfinal against the defending state champion uh, Fowler. What are they? The Eagles? I'm pretty sure they're the Eagles. Eagles. Yeah. So they already beat one Eagles. They beat Bel Air. So we'll see if they can take out another. Claude Bird. We've got a uh, got a good show coming up for you. Uh, a little bit, we'll be talking about the boys' uh, basketball district champions and some regional matchups. The uh, girls' basketball finals, which of course are this week. Uh, some quarterfinal matchups coming up on Tuesday. We're guaranteed to have at least one team in our coverage area make it to the Breslin Center on Thursday. So one of us will be down in East Lansing, possibly two of us. And who knows how long we're going to be down there. That is the the one uh, difficult part about this. Uh, it seems every year, James, that the the teams that make it down there to Lansing, they're always playing on Thursday, which uh, or in the semifinals, which always is wonderful mm-hmm. and screws up our schedule because we're like, all right, well, how do we how do we go from Thursday and then Saturday if they if they make it into the into the championship? And I think. If we get both, uh, what, Division three and Division four, we'd be looking at a 10 a.m. start for the championship game on Saturday, and then is the other one a 4.30 or a 5.30? Yeah, 4 o'clock. Yeah, so we'd be 
hanging around. Well, but we'll see. We'll see if uh, um, it, we will. We know for sure that we are at least making one trip to the Breslin Center. That'll be on Thursday because it's either going to be Glen Lake or Lake City. We'll see if Gaylord St. Mary happens to be there as well on Thursday when they take on Fowler Tuesday. Um, but a lot going on even here at the end of the season. We had the uh, Boys District Championship Games last week, and uh, I'm not sure if surprised is the right word. I think you're always surprised when you see an undefeated team lose. But uh, Misik, who was kind of my, they were they were my pick. I was throwing my support behind Misik because I wanted to believe in that little engine that could, that small Division Three team that really had, you know, I wouldn't say no business, but it, it seems like an oversight of them being in Div- Division Three when they were clearly more suited as a, a Division Four team. Uh, but that's the way that the the chips fall. Uh, they lost to Grayling. Uh, by the palindromic score of 63 to 36. I always love that. I don't know about you, James, but that's like the one little thing I take pleasure in is when the score. I noticed the, sc- the score is a palindrome. I'm like, oh, that's like if it's 72 to 27, 63 to 36, so on and so forth. It's always. Uh, uh, I'm, I was like, oh, yeah, it's cool. I don't know why, but you got to find joy in the small places. You got to find some. In yeah. life, right? Um, so, yeah, uh, getting to talk to uh, L.J. Meade, I mean, he, the head coach for Grayling, he turned around a team that was 2-19 and two years ago. And I know you're getting different players every year, and if you want to look at the, you know, the varsity team now, you want to look at the JV team two years ago and see how they were doing. But uh, they've really come on strong here in, in the past because uh, I think their their winners are six out of their last seven and are, are – they do have some athletes on that team. Caleb Call, uh, Ethan uh, Kuharik. You, you've there's definite talent on that Grayling team. Well, and you know they're a team I think that now kind of becomes the new sleeper. Um, in that, you know, the, the regionals are at their place. Yeah, they're gonna be playing at home in what I think is you know a, what is a winnable region. You know, they've got a, a pretty decent Tawas team that has a very similar record to them. And then Sanford Meridian, McBain, um, you know, Sanford Meridian is a 15-win team. You know, is that an insurmountable team? I, I don't think so. So you could be looking at, at Grayling making a run to the to the quarters out of this. Division One, we saw that uh, Petoskey took down Traverse City Central to win their first district title since uh, 2012. They won back-to-back in uh, 12, uh, 11 and 12. Yeah, I, I guess yeah, Brady Ewing just played like a man possessed and just took over that game again against Traverse City Central. And, you know, Bitoski was playing at home, so that had to have been nice. But still, um, from what I heard, Ewing just... 31 points. Yep. Put, put the Petoskey team on the shoulders and said, we're going to go win this game. I think the the other, this was one of the games that I if we had a full sports staff, we certainly would have had someone there, and that was the Lakely Lanai St. Mary Buckley game, uh, and that was St. Mary coming, up, coming out on top 68-64. to 64. Uh, They are going to be playing Ellsworth, who beat Gaylord St. Mary 70-51. to 51. That is going to be quite the game. And James, uh, I'm a little bit jealous that you're going to be headed out to that one because it's just you've got high scores. 
uh, on there with between Dylan Barnowski and Sean Bramer uh, on the uh, on a, on the Eagles, and then Braden Steenwick and Keelan Pletcher uh, for the Lancers. It's I think you're in for you're going to be in for a shootout. Is how I feel. That is going to be that's going to be an 85 to 90 point game. Yeah, usually with Lake Lanao St. Mary's, it seems to be that way anyway. Uh, they're a high-flying team. Every game I've seen them this year, man, they they just go a thousand miles an hour and you know and don't stop. So, uh, but Ellsworth obviously has that uh, too. And and they played earlier this season, and you know, uh, Braden Steenwick got in foul trouble in that like serious foul trouble fairly early in the game, and yep. that changed the whole course of that game. So we'll see how it goes this time between a pair of teams that have eighteen and nineteen wins already this season. And we were talking about the the little engine that could that Grayling might be. Frankfurt seems to be that as well. They're sitting at eleven and eleven, but they are winning games when it matters, and they're winning games right now when it matters the most here in the postseason. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what they can do against an undefeated McBain Northern Michigan Christian team, who shellacked Baldwin sixty-one to fifteen. Uh, Friday night, so the Comets are sitting at 22-0, and Panthers are 11-11. and It's going to be interesting to see those two programs go up uh, against each other. It, what's also interesting is that Frankfurt, for the longest time, had a real big rivalry with McBain because there was a time there where I think they hadn't beat McBain in years, and it wasn't until the, um, the Rodgers era when they were finally able to, to beat McBain for the first time, I think, and I, I, I was actually at the game where they won. I don't know how long it had been, but it had been a while since they beat McBain, so it'll be interesting to see now that they've got to play a McBain Northern Michigan Christian team uh, and an undefeated one at that to see what we'll be getting uh, on Monday. Of course, we say this as we're recording on Monday, and by the time everybody listens to this tomorrow morning, all of these games are going to be played and will be uh more talking about the the, the <laughs> regional title matchups uh, that we're going to see. Are there any of the regional what title matchups? Here, man. Huh? What are we even doing here? Yeah, man? why are we even why are we even talking about this? What's the what's the point? Was there are there any of the potential uh, regional title matchups that uh, kind of stick out to you? Um, I mean, obviously, uh, the if you get McBain Northern Michigan Christian against. Against either Lake Leland or Ellsworth, I think that's an excellent game on Wednesday. I mean, and if Frankfurt's there too, still makes it a good game. Uh, so I think that that whole uh, regional will be a, will be a nice one. Um, you know, it'd be interesting to see what Benzie Central does now after you know overcoming that beating you know the their nemesis Traverse City St. Francis. Yep. Uh, they don't beat in hardly anything usually for, for quite a long time and getting that win it was it was just really emotional um, after that game I mean there was you know it, there's normally celebrations after games you know uh, the whole celebration and people hugging and high-fiving and all that stuff like that but there was so many kids trying not to cry after that game yeah it seems like there was just a almost like a huge cathartic sense of relief at that so. win, where it was like, finally. Yep. And and you know and they they just outlasted St. Francis. St. Francis that fourth quarter just couldn't seem to get 
anything done. Um, I when I was walking out to my car after the game, after I'd done all the interviews and everything, and uh, there was one of the St. Francis kids was getting on the bus, and I and I overheard him and uh, he said something like, "That was the worst quarter ever." And at first, at first, I thought that I heard him. I thought he was talking to me and saying, worst reporter ever. <laughs> and then like, I was like, like, I hope he said worst quarter ever. <laughs> Everything. But, you know, Benzie had a lot to do with that. They played up-tempo. They played, you know, like like what Gaylord St. Mary's hoping to do with Fowler in, in the girls' game. You know, they shot a lot of threes. They hit a lot of threes to win that game. And it'll be interesting to see if they can keep that going against, uh, you know, they'll be, they'll be big time favorites, I think, against Harbor Springs. Yeah. Tonight. With Harbor Springs and, being ten and eleven. Yeah, and then uh, you know, then they get Ishpeming Westwood or Menominee. Uh, Sorry, I had to do it. So yeah, yeah. if if Benzie wins and if uh, Menominee, if they win, uh, you'll have two twenty win teams going up against each other uh, on Wednesday, and uh, that should be. Uh, a battle, but yeah, I think you're right. I mean, the the regional championship coming out of that Division Four at Kingsley, no matter what, is going to be a good game. No matter who wins in, in the games tonight, that uh, or of course whoever wins in the games Monday. Out of these, do you see a, a team with a, a clear path to the Breslin? Is it at this point, Benzie and you know, Lake Leona, Ellsworth, McBain, and MC. I can throw Frankfurt in there too, given how they're they're playing. But in terms of kind of those those favorite teams, those teams with you know eighteen plus wins, those are kind of the four that we're looking at. Yeah, and I, and I think uh, I think you're looking at Benzie as that team. I think they can definitely make it out of regionals. Um, like I said, they'll be they'll be big favorites tonight against Harbor Springs, um, and then. Then they got to go up to the Sioux on Wednesday, you know, against what's going to be a quality opponent out of the the two in the other half of that regional, and then uh, and then in the quarterfinals they're going to get the winner of that that district in, or the regional in Grayling, right? So then they could get you know our Cinderella Grayling maybe in that game, um, which that would be an inter- interesting game to watch too because Grayling likes to get out and run. And they don't have any problems shooting a lot of threes and, and all that. That could be a another fun game to watch. Yeah, and LJ Mead seems like he's got his he's got the Grayling team in the right space mentally, or at least they certainly were in that Friday game uh, against Misa going in there. Uh, I want to switch over to to the girls here real quick. We talked about the relief that Benzie had uh, beating St. Francis. You also got to see Glen Lake get some revenge and avenge their season-ending loss to Calumet last year uh, and beat um, the Copper Kings 53-39. to uh, You drove all the way up there to Engadine and, and got to see that. I think probably what struck me most about reading your story that night, and which I actually had to do in the parking lot of a trucking company because I was driving home, I got your text, and I was like, all right, let's pull over. And, you know, I used my phone as a hotspot. That was working just fine. And I'm sitting there reading a story, and a, a plow truck pulls into the parking lot and kind of slows down. And I'm like, all right, they're obviously wondering what the hell my car is doing here. And about 
three minutes later, a guy walks up to my car and he knocks on the window. He's like, hey, you all right? And I was like, and I rolled on the window. I had to explain. I'm like, yeah, I am the editor for the Record Eagle. I was out covering a game and I'm just reading a story so we can get it in by deadline. He's like, oh, okay, no problem. I said, I'll be out of here in five minutes. He said, don't worry about it. It's all good. Um, but I digress. What really struck me about your story, and I thought it was just, I mean, it really, I felt the the moment was when you wrote about how tired Grace Bradford was after that game and what mm-hmm. what her dad said is of her just leaving it all out there and just being so tired in the locker room after. What was the kind of the, the vibe that you were getting after that game? Yeah, she was... She was tired. Yeah, she at one point, I guess, turned to her dad and just said, "Okay, I've taken enough pictures. I need to go sit down in the locker room." Because you know, after a big game like that, there's always the picture taking, you know, team photos, and everybody wants a photo with the the trophy and all that and everything. And uh, yeah, they uh, they ran a little bit of a different defense against Calumet, who is a very similar team to Gaylord St. Mary, and that they don't have a whole lot of height. So they they try to you know press you a bit and they shoot three pointers all the time, like like they that that was my thought in the first quarter. I was sitting next to Ron Stremel and I'm like, this team is just like you had seen there. You're like, yeah, <laughs> they are. And like they just shoot threes all the time, and so to combat that, they put Grace Bradford at the top of the of a one three one zone or a two three zone. You know, they kind of morphed around. And it was basically her responsibility to go around the perimeter and get a hand in the face of whoever was shooting a three. And so she was constantly moving all the time on defense. And then also on the other end, didn't get any rest because she's the focal point of the offense. So yeah, she was exhausted by the end of the game. Yeah. I, I know that all of our players want to win, but Grace Bradford has this like almost quiet, persistent drive where it's not even I want to win, it's I'm going to win and I'm going to do everything that I need to do to win. That's the the vibe that I that I get from her when I talk to her, when I see her play. She is she is business when she's out there. Mm-hmm. And she was uh I mean uh... Like I said, Calumet's not a very big team, so on defense, they, for not being very big, they tried to make up for it with being quite physical. Um, and I don't know how many times Grace Bradford ended up on the floor. Like, they were pushing and shoving her when she would drive to the basket and everything, and she was on the floor a lot, in addition to all that other stuff. So her being exhausted at the end of the game, I'm not surprised. And, and yeah, she just, there's just a determination. She's not... She's not real vocal on the court or anything. It's just it's just a determination. Like, we're going to do this. I'm going to do this. Um, one funny thing I heard was actually Maddie Bradford late in the game when Calumet was trying to foul t- to, you know, shorten it, to extend the game and try to keep into it and everything like that. And one time Maddie Bradford got a pass, and this girl came and, bas- and ran into her. And one of her teammates had to lift her up off the ground, and, and she said, this isn't football. <laughs> <laughs> there was a there was a pretty gnarly collision in the uh, Gaylord St. Mary McBain Northern Michigan Christian 
regional final. Uh, right, like, toward the end of the game, I think maybe with less than, like, I don't know, two minutes left. And it was, it was an audible smash. These two girls just ran into each other. Uh, I think a McBain, I'm trying, I think it was uh, Paige Ebbles. I think she was trying to set a, a pick. And I'm trying to remember who it was that ran into her, but they just, they collided. And it was one of those where everybody in the gymnasium, you heard the collective gasp, the, <gasps> and then they got up and and went about their business but uh we i even talked to in the interview we talked to macy about this she cracked the back of her head still got up and and kept going it seems like right now in this postseason whether you're a boys basketball player a girls basketball player whatever you are going to do whatever you need to do to keep yourself on the floor and do what you need to do to help your team win. That seems to be where these teams are at right now. And I'm seeing that in a lot of our uh, the teams that we cover, a lot of the players that are out there right now. Yeah, and it'll be interesting. That that Glen Lake Lake City matchup will be pretty interesting on Tuesday, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, because Lake City's got some size to be able to combat Glen Lake's size, unlike a lot of teams. Um, you know, I mean, Mackenzie Bisball and, uh, and Mariah Jackson maybe play a little bit more than normal. To have uh, have two big girls out there on the two Bradfords, um, so that should be an interesting matchup. Uh, we'll we'll see how that one pans out. But I like the fact that we have a guaranteed local team going to Breslin. Yeah, and I think a lot of people out there are hoping for the Glen Lake Kent City matchup uh, in the in the championship game on, on Saturday. If that happens to be the case, you're going to have two twenty six and zero teams going into that and then you're guaranteed to have an undefeated team win the state championship which would be which would be incredible i mean those are always mm-hmm. special seasons when that happens the they're you know they they do happen in high school uh more frequent than say in college or the pros obviously but uh, to still go a season undefeated is is, is really special uh yeah so we've got that glen lake and lake city battle of the lakes coming up traverse city central high school and then in Division Four, uh, our our guest Gaylord St. Mary versus the defending state champion Fowler Eagles, and that is going to be at Manton. So also pretty much in our backyard, about forty yeah. minutes outside of our backyard, uh, which yeah. is Two top ten teams. I mean, Gaylord's number ten, and Fowler's ranked number two. Telling you, man, that was I am so glad that I was able to get out and see that Gaylord St. Mary team play uh, because they are just flat out entertaining. Yeah, they're fun to watch. I mean, it's nonstop. They 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 they're going and then they'll go some more. And you'll be like, "Wow, like he their head coach Pat Schultz, he has them completely bought into the idea of let's make the other team so uncomfortable that they can't operate." We want to, they need to live in our world, and they say it, which is chaos. I asked, I said this to Pat, and I said this to him. I'm like, you guys seem to thrive when it's uncomfortable. And Pat said to me, he's like, yeah, the uglier, the better. And I wanted to use the 1983 White Sox uh, mantra for that team back then. They were the win and ugly 
uh, White Sox, and I was going to use that as the the headline, but I one figured in Northern Michigan, no one's really going to get a 1983 Chicago White Sox reference, and two, I didn't Probably. want I didn't want anyone to think that I was, uh, despite Pat saying the uglier the better, we're you know if the game is ugly, we're going to be we're in good shape. I didn't want to use that as the headline and uh and get people upset with me so i think i used like thrive in the chaos or something like that but yeah i think it's what it was you do 32 minutes of hell although it is a catholic school so maybe not yeah so you can't even do that which is again another thing that i love about um pat schultz's uh affinity for salty language i'm like dude this is a catholic school we're over here post-game press conference dropping the f-bomb i love it it's great like i said man after my own heart Mm mm-hmm well, James, why don't we go ahead and get into that interview that we had with Macy Bevel and Ava Schultz from Gaylord St. Mary. Uh, they were an absolute pleasure to talk to. So happy that they were able to join us. So, yeah, let's listen to that right now. All right, I'd like to welcome in... Macy Bevel and Ava Schultz from Gaylord St. Mary, the recent regional champions and a step away from the Breslin Center. Ava, i got to start with you, and I'm very happy that I have you as a guest on the podcast because talking to your dad after the win uh, on Thursday, he's a man after my own heart, and I'll say this because he swears a lot. And so do I. <laughs> and I don't know if he swears a lot around you or he just felt really, he feels really comfortable around me dropping the F-bomb and several other uh, choice <laughs> words. Uh, is that a, a normal part of his personality? Because I'm, I'm not taking a shot at it. I swear all of the time and I have to keep myself censored here on the podcast. So I'm just curious to know if, if that's just part of who he is. I would say yes, but also no. He tries to censor himself around the team, but there are those days when, you know, we turn it over 20 times in practice or we just can't make a shot. And occasionally those words will slip out. So it's just kind of like on and off, but he does his best to really like not use those words. Which is the which is the choice word that he uh uses the most you don't have to say it obviously or spell it i guess i can't even really ask you but you can kind of hint at which one you think it is if i had to pick one it would be probably another name for pieces okay there we go <laughs> yeah poop. we'll, we'll get that <laughs> <laughs> uh well i now that we've gotten past that i just want to thank you again for uh for joining us uh, on the podcast really really appreciate it how are you feeling now uh, a couple of days after the the regional win and knowing that you got a, a big game coming up tomorrow? I know you and I, we, we talked after the game uh, on Thursday. Just curious to know how you're feeling a couple of days later and kind of what's been going through your head these last few days. So after winning regionals, it was obviously very exciting. I think it was like all of our first regional like win that we've had, like as our team. And I think we just took it as like – a big deal, but, like, also right after we're, like, already, like, preparing ourselves for quarterfinals and, like, getting to the Breslin. So we've already been, like, looking over film and, like, trying to, like, make us better before Fowler, but we can 
get to the Breslin. So. Yeah. Is there any sort of um, intimidation going up against the defending state champion? Um, yeah, I think there's like, all of us are a little nervous, but like more excited than anything because this is all our first quarterfinal and we just want to like go in there with like a lot of confidence and like just getting ready to like, I don't know, like win, like creating chaos, obviously, like just try not to think about it too much, but like just go in there like it's a regular game and like play how we always do. How, how, how do you approach a team like Fowler? I mean, last year, um, you know, Bel Air has similar tendencies as you guys. They like to press all game and everything. And, but against Fowler, they just weren't able to do that. And mm-hmm. and uh, are you guys hoping that, you know, that we can do it better? Or, you know, what's, what's kind of the game plan? Basically, the only thing that I've heard, and I live with the coach, so obviously I've heard a lot more than most of the girls. But everything I've heard is we're not changing for who we're playing. They need to change to us. So although, like, we look at film and we take it, like, very seriously when we look at how other teams have played against them and how they played against us. But just going over film, if it doesn't work for them, just the mindset that we have is it's going to work for us. Like, no matter what, we're sticking to what we do and we're going to make it work. So at least that's what I've been getting from the past week. Yeah, I think just, like, going in with, like, more intensity like playing how we always do but just like add like a few like more notches to that and just play like even more intense and like just like think like i want to get that ball like i want to get that steal and like just like take everything like to the higher level like going into this game is it fun frustrating the other team yeah 100 <laughs> <laughs> the best part of the game is getting girls frustrated yeah. that sounds bad because yeah. most times that leads to, like, the chips and the talk mm-hmm. and talkbacks and a little bit of the wrestle. But that's honestly my favorite part is just, like, seeing that. I, like, don't even know how to describe it. Like, just seeing yeah. them flustered and, like, knowing that they don't know what to do. Like, you'll see them, like, you'll see them playing in, like, a different team and, like, how, like, good they are against them. But then, like, when you play us, and just, like, they can't, like, do their normal things, like, yeah. even getting the ball down for it. So I think it's just, like really fun to like challenge them and like see how like they played against a different team like versus us yeah the the rear tip uh coach schultz talked about that coming up behind uh the girls who are dribbling the ball it seems to be macy for you one of your favorite things to do Uh, is run up behind while they can't see you and then tip the the ball i mean i would i would think about i put myself in that girl's position of the one and i'd be like i'd be so frustrated And angry, I'm like, please just leave me alone and let me. I just want to dribble. Just let me dribble for like five seconds. Like that, that's the whole thing. You got you don't let your opponents ever get comfortable. No. Yeah. yeah, I for me like if I'm guarding them and like I see them get like past me, then like that's like revenge right away. Like I'm just like sprinting and I'm going to get that ball because like I'm always told to like not let my girl go in front of me. And like sometimes I just like always think of like stealing the ball. So, like, when they go by, I think it's, like, the perfect chance to, like, just, like, root tip it from behind them and, like, get the ball back. So, like, I try to be, like, sneaky about it, but sometimes, like, <laughs> the other teams, like, tell them, but, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, do you guys go into a game with a goal of how many three-pointers you're going to shoot, or do you make a kind of a competition in it of it? With, like, um, the game in well, the game? We have, yeah, we have, like, these set, we have these goals that we've had since the beat, like, since last April when we started working towards this season it was 
one of them is about how many turnovers we want to create on their team, um, the amount of possessions, the amount of time during each possession. And one of them is like how many three-pointers we shoot and how many of our shots have to be three-pointers. And I can't even remember what it is now that I'm thinking. 75? It's like 75, I want to say. Like just like at least shooting 75? Like yeah, us. not making. Yeah, no. <laughs> Definitely not making, but at least throwing up 75. Like attempts so then we can get more off as offensive rebounds and like just like yeah. keep the offense going. Mm-hmm. What's yeah. the what, – what, Ava, that you're in the, you're in the top 30 in state history now um, for most made three-pointers in a season. Oh, I did not know that. But I have actually been, we've been told a lot of like new stats about our team. Like we're in the state record book for like attempts or whatever. And everyone, not everyone, but the people that come up to me to congratulate me about how many threes I've made. Every time they say it, I just think I'm like, it's not even that I'm a better shooter than the girls on my team. Because if I'm being honest, we're all like an equal level. It's just the fact that we take so many threes and I just Mm -hmm. shoot them. It's just like, like, I like the fact that I've gotten those stats is just amazing to me because it's just like we throw up so many and yeah. they just happen to go in. Yeah, Coach said you guys shoot about 150 every single practice at least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do 100. We each? do. Each or total? total? No, each. Yeah. Oh, you grab a partner and you'd shoot 25 at one spot. Like, there's four spots. And you just, like, basically take turns, and it takes us, like, 30 minutes. Yeah, we had to – at first it was timed, and he gave us, like, 45, and then he slowly chipping down the time until we're, like, sprinting through every spot. So you said that you're all pretty much equal when it comes to shooting three-pointers. Who has kind of the the upper edge uh, on being the best from behind the arc? Um, It it is Ava, okay. I I think – for, like, if I had to say, I think it would be Ava – and probably like Sydney, just because like those two like shoot the most, I would say. But like it's whoever gets the ball and you're open, like shoot. Yeah, like, we're always taught that even if you're not like 100% confident that it's going in, if you're open, like that is your shot. And I think that's why we shoot 150 at least in a practice because he wants to make sure that if you're put in the situation to shoot, you're not going to be like, well, this should go to Ava or this should go to Sydney. Like you're like, okay, I've shot this in practice. Like I can do this. Now, Ava, your dad is a very honest man. I'll, I'll say that. One, calling Macy uh, the most undisciplined player in the world as a very wonderful compliment in his own way. Uh, and he also said to me that he will watch this team play and say they can beat anybody or that you're absolutely god-awful. Uh, does he have that same kind of honesty with you in practice and... And how does that kind of go over? Because I feel like that could be damaging emotionally to be called god-awful. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. It definitely, it's an emotional roller coaster with him for sure. And it's just, I think it's because he feels so strongly about how good we could be. But, like, it's not, he's being truthful 100%. If we are, if I don't hit any shot and we just, like, aren't off, like, are off, we could lose to literally a middle school team like that is how bad we can get but it you're right it definitely has been like a little bit hurtful but he says that you could be the worst team he's ever seen and then the next day you're the best team but you know you just gotta roll with it yeah that Jekyll and Hyde it's a you know yeah as long as you're Jekyll or Hyde whichever is the good one when when it matters that's that's what counts yeah 
Now, then you see the game against Frankfurt, you had to leave the game for a little bit when they were doing some concussion tests, right? Yeah. And I think later in the in the districts, you uh, had another time where, I don't know, your head hit the ball or something like that. So I think somebody was swinging the ball and rebounding, and you're like, I'm not going anywhere near that trainer. No, no. That, that, ha- that that happened to you uh, Thursday night too. You smacked the back of your head on, on the court, and I was I was right there, and I heard it, and you yeah. just got up like it didn't happen. I know I was trying like not to let the trainer see it. I know he was like watching with all like everything he had, but I was like I can't get taken out again because like apparently the rules are a trainer can take you out if they think like you're like injured and like take you out of the whole game. So that's what happened to me Tuesday or against, like, Lelana. And I felt fine, but, like, I wasn't able to go back in. And I just, like, I felt bad because, like, I felt like I was, like, leaving my team, like, team, like, not, like, alone. But, like, because, like, obviously we have, like, everybody. But, I don't know, I just didn't want to leave. Like, it was, like, we were going to, like, the regional championship. But, like, we were up. So, I mean, that was fine. But So how many <laughs> undiagnosed concussions do you have? That's the question. <laughs> at least 10. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think it is about your style of play that surprises other teams? Because they can scout, they can watch film, but I feel like until they actually face you, they don't really know what it is they're getting into. I think it's just, and this, again, that's part of my dad coming out right now. I'm going to be honest. I Should I get the bleep button ready? Do I need to? <laughs> I think it's legitimately because, like, some of the time we don't even know what we're doing. No. Like, we understand, like, I understand to roll up. I understand to be on my girl and jump for passes. And I understand that. But there really is, like, no, like there's no consistency. Yeah. Like, we could be, like, super duper high and up and on your person. And then the next one, one girl could be back and we just have no idea what we're doing. And I think, like, even though that sounds like not a great game plan going into, especially, like, district regional games, it's honestly what keeps the teams on their do- toes because they'll try to clear us out and then we'll be back there and we'll have, like, four people up and then they'll try to bring people up and we'll clear out. So it's really just, like, not knowing what you're doing but also having, like, a strategy to the madness. Which is so where the big- where the frustrating part for the yeah. opposition comes in because they're like, wait a minute, we're used to playing a team – that stands here or does this yeah. and now this team is they're not standing anywhere they're constantly running around <laughs> yeah they're totally they're unpredictable yeah, yeah that's hard you had teams that have tried to uh, like what has been the most that the team has tried to like just slow the game down i think harbor springs or bel-air yeah either harbor springs or bel-air both are like very like they want to slow their offense down and like slow us down and that's not how we work like we obviously want to get out and transition and like get our offense going really fast and I feel like they just try to like slow it down and like where we have to play like really good defense like just make sure they're not scoring but like I would definitely say when we played Harbor Springs this year and the second time playing Air that it was like we just felt, like, very slow. Like, it wasn't our pace of game. Like, we didn't have, like, control of, like, the pace like they did. And it was, yeah. like, that's not how, like, we want to win, like, or go into a game because we want to have, like, control of, like, how fast we're going and how fast we're playing. So. Controlled chaos. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. What's the plan for tomorrow? How do you 
prepare for that game? Are you going to prepare any differently than games in the past? Um, no. We are really going, like, practice today is the same as it has been since whenever we started mm -hmm. November, yeah. December. It's the same game plan. We go in, we warm up, we shoot 100 threes, we go over our press, we go over half-court defense, we go over half-court offense, we shoot scrimmage again, scrimmage a little, and then, like, I think, at least for me, that's one of the most, like, reassuring things is because right now, at, no matter how big the game gets, as a team with the coaching and the girls, we're acting like this is just a conference game. We're going into it. Same practice. I mean, we are watching film and, like, having a little, like, little twists and turns here with who we're going to guard and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But this is just, in the end of the day, it's, it's a game, and we're going to play it the way we've played all the games up until this point. The one, the one number is uh, after the game on Tuesday. I don't have the numbers from the from the, the Thursday game, the the district final, but uh, or the regional final. But you guys had taken eight hundred and seven three pointers this season. Holy crap! Yeah, yeah, it doesn't surprise me really. Yeah, <laughs> You're like, that's not enough. No, we need. Yeah. We really wanted to get a thousand. Over a thousand. We might have to make up for that in the coming games right now. Yeah, just check out two hundred. <laughs> In practice, how do you build up your stamina? Because you are constantly moving, you're running, you know, are you guys doing the pacer test every single day or Or is it just is it just training that? Is it just the practice that builds up that stamina? I mean, like in definitely like earlier in the season we were running like way more than like we are now. I think it's like we're mostly in shape so like we don't need to run as much, but like We'll, like, incorporate, like, running, like, during our shooting drills and, like, yeah. like, we do, like, this thing where, like, you run to half court and then you come back and it's, like, a transition three. So, like, we do those, like, things like we would do in a game and then we, like, practice it in practice. Yeah. It's definitely, like, a smaller amount than in the beginning because conditioning in the beginning is no easy task, let me tell you. The beginning of the season is so difficult. Yeah. But it really pays off at the end because, like, right now – play like anyone on the team can play for like 32 minutes and yeah. feel like yeah this is like i'm okay we did went over this in practice i've ran this much yeah and see again that's where you get that little victory within the game is you see your opponent like hands on the knees or like let's yeah, just like let's take it easy so mm -hmm. what would it mean uh to the to the school to the program uh to, to get to the breslin and, and possibly even win a state championship what's kind of the vibe in the school right now i think everybody's like super like proud of us and like everybody wants to like come to like obviously the quarterfinal game like they'll do anything to travel to like to watch us play like and i think it's just something very exciting for how small of a school we are and like town basically like everybody knows so mm -hmm. like it's very exciting yeah. yeah, I mean, like, during the regular season, if anyone was to come to our games, you would probably think that we are, like, a new team, that, like, no one knows that we exist because we have, like, the same two families in the stands. We have, like, no admissions. But now when we're, like, actually going farther in the postseason, I think it's just, like, amazing how many people are, like, reaching out and actually being, like, well, I want to, like, see you guys, even if two hours to wherever that was, Frankfurt, and an hour and a half to – man for a game it's just like you're really seeing the whole community of our school just like come together for like this one opportunity mm -hmm. well that one game that uh when you earned in the regular season when you played lake leona st mary 
I came down to that one, and the gym there was pretty full that night. And oh, uh, I was, I was told games, the morning. Yeah. I, I think was, next like morning whenever, the papers were sold out. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's whenever we play like, because like our Ski Valley Conference, like there, that's just like a normal game. Like everybody is kind of like tired of watching that. So I think it's like a team we've never like played before. Like yeah. somebody will like come and watch that because like it's new and. Like, like we've never played them, so like you'll never know like how it goes. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so Ava, has your dad or anybody made a big deal about it that if you guys if you guys win on Tuesday, it is his one hundredth win? Um, I mean, I have said that multiple times. He just doesn't. He's so I don't like humble. I want to say humble, but I feel like that's not the right word. <laughs> but he's so just nonchalant about the way he goes about it. He's just like, yeah, it's, it's my own hundred win, like whatever. I'm like, okay, like that's a big deal. Like you should be proud. He's like, I don't even remember some of them. I'm like, okay, like I don't know. I feel like I'm very proud of him, and I think that's a really big deal. But I have a feeling it will go under the radar. <laughs> Deep down, I will say that your dad definitely feels that it's special, and he's, you know, yeah. so he's very happy about it. He just wants to make sure that the kind of the glory is on the team and not on, him, on yeah. himself. That's the kind of guy that he strikes me as. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is for sure. Yeah, and and in five seasons, I think, right? He's been the co- coach for five seasons. Yeah, I think so. so. Averaging twenty wins a season, including a COVID-shortened season. Yeah, yeah. Good. Three quarterfinals, four districts, four league titles. <laughs> it's not bad. Great one, yeah. It's pretty good. That 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 there is no Plan B philosophy seems to work for him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does. You know, you guys both have like kind of legacies at. at at uh, Gaylord St. Mary, you know the 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 Bebbles have a long history of uh, producing good players there, and uh, and obviously the Schultzes. I mean, your mom and dad were homecoming king and queen, I believe, <laughs> back, like in the eighties and stuff. Uh, what what kind of pressure is there to follow in those? Um, for me, like I always look up to like my cousins who are playing, and like I've always like strive to like play like them and be like them and now that it's like like i'm the one it's like kind of crazy so i just they are definitely like my inspiration as i was growing up so like and it like makes me feel good that i'm like i'm a part of like the saint mary's team because like they were two and just like i can follow into it so it's very cool to me mm-hmm. um for me not as nice i <laughs> as the youngest i have gotten bullied a lot for quote-unquote not being the best athlete or the least athletic in the family. So following their footsteps, I'm just trying to make bigger footsteps. <laughs> I, I'm i just trying to end the Schultz family on a huge note, and that's really what's just pushing me to, like, keep going and just keep it on, is just trying to be be like them but also be better than them. Well, that's... How do you do that? Because your two sisters are going to Harvard. Yeah, I'm not like academically, but like maybe athletically, I got the beat. Well, thank you both very much for being with us. Really, really appreciate it. Glad we got the little technical glitch worked out there and uh, we were able to talk to you. Uh, absolute pleasure talking to you. Uh, good luck tomorrow, and hopefully, we'll be saying good luck Thursday and good luck Saturday. Thank, thank you. you so much. All right, thanks again to 
Ava and Macy really, really appreciate it. Uh, we are, of course, recording this on Monday, so good luck th to them on Tuesday. And as I said to them at the end of the interview, hopefully we're saying good luck on Thursday and Saturday as well. That'd be a lot of fun to be able to watch at least uh, one of our teams, hopefully two of our teams, playing uh, in the state championship game at the Breslin Center on Saturday. Let's go ahead and get into the Get Around Hall of Fame right now, our Athletes of the Week. Uh, last week, of course, we had the Boys District uh, Championship uh, Tournament, and that is where my nomination comes from. Right out of Ellsworth, that's Braden Steenwick for the Lancers. Uh, led them to a district championship uh, title last Friday. Uh, in the two games, in the semifinal, he scored 29 points, had seven rebounds, five assists, and seven steals. Uh, that was in a 77-42 win over Central Lake. That was in the semi. And then he followed that up with uh, 28 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, and 5 steals in a 70-51 to victory against Gaylord St. Mary in the district championship game. So Braden happens to be my nominee for the Get Around Hall of Fame this week. I feel like he's a pretty safe nominee. That That performance right there. I think screams athlete of the week, but James, who are you? You're gonna put up two since you couldn't decide between two of them. Who are your two well, nominees? I'm, throw, I'm throwing one in there in, in place of Andrews. Yes. We say that. How about we're that? gonna. Yeah, we're still holding the torch for for Andrew. Till we get somebody else in here. I gotta pick up the slack, I guess. Uh, uh, I'm gonna throw in uh, Brady Ewing from Petoskey. Thirty-one points in that win over Traverse City Central um, to, to end their, I mean, a 10-year drought for Petoskey of winning a district and doing it against Traverse City Central. Um, I mean, uh, he just had a, a, a dominating night in that uh, six-point win. Um, and the other one I'm going to put in there is, uh, I don't want to put Maddie Bradford in because she's already in. So, um, so I'm going to go with Quinn Zickert, who only had 19, I guess, you know, with that quotes only. But, I mean, he, this was like his Michael Jordan flu game. Yeah. You know, he was, he was sick the whole day before, throwing up all over the place and everything. Barely could keep food down until just a few hours before the game. Um, and, and that was just soup and crackers. <laughs> so he was literally playing on soup and crackers. And scored 19 points in that game, hit some big three-pointers, uh, Played good defense in the middle because, uh, you know, St. Francis got some big guys in the middle there and, uh, you know, led Benzie Central to that huge emotional win over Traverse City St. Francis to, to move on. Yeah, uh, shout out to me for uh, not living with anyone and not really being around many people because apparently the norovirus and this flu has been just running through northern Michigan and decimating uh, – both basketball teams and just people in general because uh, Brock Broderick from Traverse City Christian, he also had uh, the flu uh, last week and was, or maybe it was two weeks ago, but he was throwing up at halftime, came out, couldn't even start the second half, played a little bit in the third quarter, uh, and then uh, his coach had to take him out in, in the fourth. Uh, I... I I haven't had the flu, knock on wood, uh, since 2012. And I never want to have the flu the way that I had it. 
I, I had the norovirus in 2012, and it was horrific. Where I was, I was, pardon the imagery, firing out of both ends, and it was, it was not good. So I feel, I definitely feel bad for these kids who are one going through that and still getting out on the court and, and trying to perform. It's nuts. Brock was there at the uh, Benzie game. Was he? Yeah, because half those guys in the Benzie team are his uh, travel team uh, teammates, you know, at the Parallel 45 team. So he came out to, to watch a bunch of his friends in that game. All right. Well, do we want to just keep on being generous and put all three in again? Or do we need to vote? I mean, I feel like with the two of us, like, it, we can't really vote. A, a vote, yeah, with two people, a vote seems kind of... Yeah, it's just... All right, so, yeah... Braden, Brady, and Quinn, uh, you guys are the latest inductees into the Get Around Hall of Fame as our Athletes of the Week. You are now part of the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. And now we get to the part of the show that isn't really about local sports. Instead, we are focusing on national sports and the National Collegiate Athletic Association. Is that what NCAA stands for? I feel like I I got to be close, right, James? Yeah. National Cle- Cle- Collegiate Athletic Association, yeah. something like that. Yeah. So the NCAA March Madness Men's Basketball Tournament, and James, you haven't filled out your bracket yet. I filled it out uh, this morning right before I drove in here, and I figure if you want to, we can go through, and you can fill out your bracket, and I can give Who's you my picks to fill out right now. No, don't fill it out. Fill it out as we go. Okay. So. St- Wherever you're at, stop. So let's. Uh, so the first matchup we got, uh, and honestly, this is despite. Yeah, I haven't watched much college basketball other than my alma mater, the University of Illinois. Uh, but you know, you're usually you can kind of pick by the numbers and kind of figure it out. Uh, I hope to be not bad as I was a few years ago when I, I think I lost like 15 out of 16 games in one bracket, which was not good. Um, so we got the the top seed Bulldogs of Gonzaga going up against Georgia State. Zags. Yeah. Go Zags. I feel like the Zags, Zags are a good one there. Uh, I, I don't think anybody is. I don't see that 16 upsetting the one there. No. And, and then, for those of you that are, uh, that are uh, you know, sports bettors, DraftKings has a, uh, a deal on that game where it's taking Gonzaga straight up to win to double your money wow okay that's how they get you i can't i i started i started to gamble and then i was i was up i had money and i was like oh this is great and then boom like that i was down 225 bucks and i went ah, i'm done i'm deleting this app and i'm never never See, playing I just, again. Try to, I just try to i just try to play with the same money that i put in and then as i win money i take that out so I still have like the same, pretty much like the same hundred dollars sitting in my draft and I usually only buy like five dollars. Yeah, like I mean like, that's the, that's the smart thing to do, but I'm I'm not smart. Uh, Boise State versus Memphis, I I got to go the Broncos only, and I'm I'm picking them because I like the Boise State football team and the color of their football field. So I'm literally picking Boise State because of their football team. The blue football field. Yeah, it has nothing to do with their team, but I just. Uh, I'll take Boise State there. What about you? Yeah, uh, I go with the Fighting Penny Hardaways, I guess. All right. 
in the dreaded 12 versus 5 matchup, you got UConn and New Mexico State. I'm still going to take Connecticut. Uh, they're, yeah, me too. They're just a, they're a tried and true tournament program, and despite it being different players, I'm still going to go ahead and take that. I'm going to take the upset in the uh, 13 and 4 here. I'll take Vermont over our, uh, Arkansas. Ooh, okay. I, I have Arkansas, but I'm, I have them losing to UConn in the next round. Okay. All right. Uh, I will take the winner of the Rutgers and what is that? Is that Notre Dame? Or yeah. uh, So Rutgers, yep. Notre Dame. I'll take whoever wins that. Uh, I'll actually pick Notre Dame to win the Rutgers-Notre Dame game, and then I'll take Notre Dame over Alabama in the next one. Okay. I've got Bama, and then I've got them losing – to Texas Tech in the next round, so I obviously chose Texas Tech to beat Montana. Yeah, I took Texas Tech as well uh, over, over Montana uh, State. Uh, number seven, the Sparties, Michigan State and Davidson. I, I really want to take Davidson, like I really do, because... Led by former Spartan foster lawyer. Yeah, uh, I, but I, I've, I've got to go... I got to put a little trust in in Izzo like I, I normally do. Like I, there was a time for for the longest time, I picked Michigan State to make it to the Final Four every single year because of Tom Izzo. That doesn't seem to be the case so much anymore. But I'll, I'll still take the the Spartans in this one. Yeah, I got MSU in this one. I got Duke in the next one. That's an easy one. Yeah, I'll take Duke in that as well. Uh, moving down. And then, and then in my second round though. Yeah. I'm gonna go MSU over Duke. Because he won't say so publicly, but I bet you behind the scenes, Izzo is going to give them a speech about ending Krzyzewski's career. <laughs> <laughs> that Someone, someone's got to do it. 20 yeah. years down the road, the story about it will come out. I got... will come out right now. I got Sparty over uh, the Blue Devils as well. Uh, I've got them reaching the, the Elite Eight. Uh, you and I both have Baylor, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think I'm going to go with Norfolk State. No, probably not. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think I've ever picked a 16 seed to win a game in the NCAA tournament because it's just. I've picked 15s. I know I got a. I picked a 15 and I got it right. I can't remember which one it was, but I do remember picking a 15 seed and and getting that one correct. Uh, uh, I'll take Marquette over UNC just because I don't like the Tar Heels. Yeah, I don't either, but I'm going to take them, and then they're going to lose to Baylor. Yeah, I've got them. Uh, I, I have Marquette losing to Baylor uh, as well. Um, the five seed Wyoming and Indiana versus who's that? Mary St. Mary's. Oh, St. Mary's. Okay, I took St. Mary's there. Uh, yep. I Same. did. A, I did another thirteen over four. I did it again. I don't know what I have, but give me the zips. I'll take the zips over UCLA. Ac- uh, yeah, Akron. that's. That's actually one that I think could happen there too, you know. And I'm a little biased towards Mac schools, so one Mac school usually pulls off an upset every year. Yes, yeah, the Mac is it's a safe bet. Uh, I took Texas over Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. Same. And give me the Boilermakers over Yale. So I'll take Purdue. I got relatives that have gone to Purdue, so I got some rooting interest there. Yep. And how can you not take Murray State? Just the name Murray. Love Murray State. They're playing the 49ers. Oh, different San Francisco. Uh, 
And then this is just to upset one of our former colleagues. I'm going to take St. Peter's to beat Kentucky. That's my oh. big upset. Yeah. You're getting a dig in on Tessa. Huh? Yeah, uh, one of our, our former uh, – she – you know, she'll be like, yeah, fine. I don't like you anyway, Brendan. No big deal. So I'll take uh, St. Peter's there. We'll move up now to the the south bracket. Zona, you're taking Arizona over the, the playing game yeah. there? Yeah, just give me all the one seeds. And I got to go Seton Hall. I wanted to take uh, Texas Christian University. Um, those are like those two teams right there are usually ones that I will pick to win at least one game. So it was tough seeing mm-hmm. Seton Hall versus TCU in, the, in that first round. But I'll take Seton Hall. Uh, I'll just take TCU to be uh, contrarian. Sounds good. I'll take the Andrew contrarian role. Uh, I'll, I'm going to take Houston in the next 12-5 matchup. I don't know if I have. Do I have a 12-5 upset? Uh, if I don't, I am. I'll, I'll go UAD. Okay, yeah, let's see. Do I have a 12-5 upset? I don't. You're going to take Illinois in the next game, right? Well, of course I'm going to take Illinois in the next game. Yeah, over okay. Chattanooga. The the of the so they had the the March Madness moment before March Madness even started uh, with that that crazy buzzer beater, and I'll take Michigan over Colorado State. Mm-hmm. Uh, me too. Tennessee. Give, give me Tennessee. I, you know, I got to go with Sister Jean, and so give me Loyola over Ohio State. For sure. I would love to see that happen. I think, yeah, everybody. I mean, Loyola uh, has become kind of the Gonzaga of old. You know, everybody loved Gonzaga because they would come in and, you know, now the Zags are uh, they're a tried and true program. But for a long time there, they were they were always kind of that, oh, Oh, all right, Gonzaga's in. Let's let's see what they can do. I think Loyola has kind of taken over that mantle, and they're that team now, especially with Sister Jean. Um, yeah. Oh, Gonzaga's a blue blood. They've earned yeah. their way in blue blood in college basketball. And then in that fifteen versus two, I'm going to take Nova. Uh, I, I love yeah. I, Villanova. Always seems like a, a safe pick uh, in the in the bracket. I'm going to take the winner of the buy-in game to beat Kansas, just to. Make Andrew upset? No, I'll take Kansas for sure. <laughs> I'll take the Jayhawks there. Um, it is interesting that that playing game is two teams from Texas. Yeah, San Diego State or Creighton? Give me Creighton. I'm going to take the uh, the Blue Jays there. I've got again relatives who have gone to Creighton, so I'll take. Uh, I already had Creighton written down. That perfect. Was one of my my assets. All right, so we'll take that. Um, I guess yeah. Give me Iowa. As well, I'll take yeah. Iowa over Richmond, but I think Richmond over Iowa is a possibility. A possibility. I like the way Iowa played in the tournament, though. Big Ten tournament. And I don't know if you saw that the one, uh, you'll probably have to edit this out, but uh, one of the TV stations had, like, you know, we're playing press conferences afterwards of the guy who hit the big three-pointer, and the uh, the cry on underneath said, like, uh, hit game-winning sh- <laughs> I didn't see that, but I'm gonna have to look it up online now. Uh, I'll take Providence uh, over South Dakota State. Yep. Uh, and then I'll take an 11 uh, seed over a six. So give me Iowa State over Louisiana State. Yeah, I've always been an Iowa State fan. Gotta love the Cyclones, man! Right? Yeah, I always I just like watching them play in the in college ball. When I was in college, the Iowa State was had a really good team. Then I would play them in like the NCA video games and stuff and uh yeah. Maybe uh, Iowa State. 
All right, I'll take Wisconsin then over Colgate, although I could see the toothpaste college upsetting the Badgers, but I, I can't take that pick. I mean, if I'm going to take Kansas to win I and Michigan State of our uh, previous uh, sports reporters, I have to keep that trend going and take uh, the alma mater of uh, Brett Summers as well, our former colleague. And my wife. And your wife, that's correct. Uh, I'll take USC over Miami. And then Auburn over Jackson State. Are you in that same as well? I'm gonna I'm gonna take Miami in a minor upset. Okay. All right. All right. And then let's see. Down to the Elite Eight. I'll just say mine real quick. I'll take Gonzaga, Texas Tech, Baylor, and Purdue, which is pretty, pretty chalk. Uh, except I mean Texas Tech is a is a three. Um, and then I am going to take my Fighting Illini uh, and Villanova. And then this is this was my one kind of crazy, but I'm hoping to see this mat- matchup. And so in my Elite Eight, I have uh, I have Creighton upsetting Kansas, uh, but in my Elite Eight I have Iowa and Iowa State. I'm interested to see that battle of the Iowas and see if that happens. So, James, I'm assuming you probably still need a little bit of time to even get to your just, Elite I'm just Eight. Filling, yeah, I'm filling mine out here. Um, I will be just a moment. These are just off the top of my head. So, my yeah, my Elite Eight is uh, Gonzaga and MSU. All right. In the, uh, in the West bracket. Baylor and Kentucky in the East, very chalky. Uh, Arizona and Michigan in the in the South. Just, I think Michigan's going to have a chip on its shoulder because of so many people saying that they shouldn't have got in. Yeah. And uh, and in the Midwest, I'm, I'm my Big Ten bias is really shown here. I've got uh, Iowa and Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I was I was telling you before we even started this, like my Big Ten uh, bias was on yeah full. Oh, I yeah. mean, it, it was I was going to have. I, I almost had four out of four uh, Final Four um, Big Ten teams. I almost had Michigan State, Purdue, Illinois, and Iowa. And I went, dude, you can't do that. That's not going to happen. So my Final Four actually will end up being Gonzaga. Uh, we'll take the Zags. I'll take the Boilermakers out of Purdue. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to run the Illini train and stay on it uh, and give them – uh, a, a final four berth, so I'll take Illinois. And then you were talking about it. You were talking about this team, how much you love them. Give me the Cyclones, Iowa State. I'd be behind that. Give me that five seed. That, but but I'm all about that. I have them losing to Wisconsin. So um, that Iowa-Wisconsin game, if that happens in the Elite Eight, that would be very interesting. And For sure. like I said, my... my, my uh, my bracket is very Big Ten heavy so far. Like I said, four out of eight Elite Eights. Yeah. From the Big Ten. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if I can't keep that up, though. So I'm going to go with Gonzaga, Kentucky, in the uh, coming out of the East. And then, uh, you know, just to make the wife happy, I'll, make, I'll take Wisconsin coming out of the, the Midwest. And we'll go. I'm gonna go Michigan. Wow. Okay. So, just because I, I don't know, I don't know that I'm that big of a believer in Arizona. 
Arizona is one of those teams that always seems to to blow one somewhere in the tournament. And so Big Ten bias is on full display in my championship game. Boilermakers fighting Illini, and I will take Illinois to win the whole thing. And I don't care. Yes, that's the school that I graduated from, and that's fine. But that's what I'm taking. Give me fighting Illini, winning the whole thing on April 4th in New Orleans, Louisiana. Yeah, I, I have uh, Gonzaga against Michigan. And who's your winner? Are you you're going chalk and taking Zags? I'm going, I'm going Gonzaga in the in the title game. Yeah. Okay. All uh, right. But eh. like I said, it's like throwing darts. Yeah, you never really know. I mean. It's it's fun to get them right. I'll say that it is. It's much more fun to circle a team than it is to put an X through, and especially when that mm-hmm. X stretches far into the bracket. Uh, but hey, uh, for our listeners, we'd love to know uh, who you're picking as well. Uh, we'll be putting out the the link to the podcast. Reply with your final four uh, and your championship game and who you think is going to win the whole thing. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we have been yeah, getting. And I believe our and I believe the paper is doing its annual bracket contest again um so look for that in the paper yeah it's a a bummer that we weren't able to i was trying to think of something you know over the last couple of weeks that we could have done for a bracket style that we you know we've done in the past i think we did the march movie madness sports movie madness Mm -hmm. a, a few years ago uh and i was thinking about trying to put together like uh just a an athlete madness kind of bracket you know have mm-hmm. you know we did we did do one that was the best athlete you guys did that like, yeah we did that uh a couple of years ago we had a, just the best athlete of all time um on one it was 64 a bracket of 64 and then last i think it was last year we did the uh potato dishes so we had the starch madness oh nice well maybe i'll uh, try to mock something up and come out with something and we'll We'll start doing a, a madness bracket over the, the last couple of weeks of March and see if we can, can't get some people involved and interested in what we're doing here uh, at the yeah. Record Eagle and on the get-around. So. We could do like a uh, the best the best local basketball players in the last 10 years. Well, that's you, man. I mean, that would I, I would, would rely completely on you. I, I was on sports for like a year and a half and, you know... I would obviously just pick Jalen Rogers, and I wouldn't. Maybe even, would, I wouldn't even maybe. let. I, I I'd call up Brett and be like, "We're not even going to put Cade Peterson on this bracket." And he'd get all upset, and <laughs> Rich, Rich uh, Ruelas would call up, and he'd be hunting me down and trying to take me out and not to dinner. Maybe we could just do this year. Just have a bracket and have it be votes online. So I feel not- I feel like that would create so much animosity and tension within Northern Michigan. So many people are like, when players get, uh, I, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not touching that one with a ten foot pole. I can <laughs> tell you that. So, all right, man. Well, that'll uh, that'll do it. That'll wrap up uh, episode 210 of the Get Around Podcast. It's uh, been a good one. Uh, enjoyable for sure. Certainly having. Uh, Macy and Ava from Gaylord St. Mary having them on was uh, was fantastic. Really nice to talk to them. Uh, it was a lot of fun going over the brackets. Uh, we'll see how March plays out uh, at the college level. We'll see how these next couple of weeks play out at the high school level for the girls and the boys basketball. Uh, but until then, you can listen to this podcast. You can listen to the other ones. Uh, but uh, episode 210 of the Get Around Podcast 
is now in the books. 